Hey, Gavin. Hey, Louie. Welcome back. Welcome back. Now, Gavin, before we get too into this, um, right off the top, I have to say, do you remember at the end of last episode when we cut the mics dead ass mm-hmm. and you called me a liar? I did. I did, in fact. So, Joe, do you remember why you called me a liar? Because at the end of the episode, you were like, see you in two weeks. And I was like, we're not coming back in two weeks. We're taking a vacation. And we sure the fuck did. Oh, we absolutely did. Yeah. <laughs> um, we are glowing with color. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have soaked up the sun. Cheryl Crow. I'm very sweaty uh, all the time. Uh, well, that's just your natural yeah, state. Yeah, actually, that uh, has nothing to do with vacation. <laughs> but I'm so excited to be back Welcome, listeners. This is The Mixed Reviews. I am a liar. <laughs> <laughs> Louis a liar. We are a film podcast in which we take a film subject such as an actor, director, or mini-genre, and we take a look at the entire history, and we kind of go through and we dissect what we like and what we don't particularly like. Yeah, we take two weeks. This time we took a little bit longer. Uh, watch as much as we can. Uh, and then we're here to give you the hot goss. We're here to give you the reviews, the ups and downs, okay? Um, and sometimes, Gavin, we don't do it alone. Oh, oh my God. Are we, are we not alone? Call the corners. Call the spirits. <laughs> <laughs> we are not. Um, everyone, please welcome to the stage. It's Mr. Zachary Lendalt. Oh, you even said my name right. <laughs> that never happens. Do, what, do the people, what do people say? Yeah, it's not uh, like that's a hard uh, last name. No offense. <laughs> like, uh, well, I can tell you I've gotten like Landlot, Landholt, Landot, uh, Landlet. Please welcome to the stage, Zachary Sandlot. Sandlot. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, You're adding letters. <laughs> well, Zachary, we got it right. And we're back, back, back again. And we're so glad to have you. Um, You are such a joy, such a gem. Oh, oh my. (laughs) Um, You're also serving us full, um, I don't know, I I call this luxurious um, (laughs) grandeur from your apartment. It looks Gorgina. Yeah, you do. I was trying to serve like Selena Kyle pink lights in her <laughs> oh, apartment, but... Oh, wow, 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 wow. Midway through this uh, podcast, are you going to smash one of those lights and reveal it to a number? They don't have any They don't have any letters, so it wouldn't spell out anything. <laughs> just so just an act of aggression, then. Yeah, yeah. It would be a mess here. It wouldn't be hell. It would just be like a disaster. And I'd be like, oh no, my lights. <laughs> oh god, I have to clean that up later. <laughs> yeah. That's the scene uh, Burton didn't show us. That's the... <laughs> Before we get into it, too much into what we're alluding to, let's take care of some old business. I know we've been away for a little while, but if you can think back to our last episode, we talked about the um, iconic, uh, incredible uh, director, Miss Lynn Shelton. Um, we asked you guys to go online and vote for your favorite Lynn Shelton movie, uh, and the results are in. Hump Day came in at last place at 16.7%. Laggies came next at 23%. Sort of Trust, which was my pick, came in at 25%. And Gavin's pick, Your Sister's Sister, came in at 35%. There we go. Along with our great guest, Morgan. Yes, Morgan, who was, uh, again, another incredible, super smart host. No pressure, Zachary. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, Okay. (laughs) uh, Zachary, do you have any uh, uh, thoughts, feelings, or faves of Miss Lynn Shelton and her work? Well, I was going to say I was a little, a little shocked with the rankings there. But I think Laggies would be towards the top for me. 
Okay, yes. I don't know. I, I like that one. Uh, it's good. It's a wild, it's a wild plot. <laughs> I, I, I actually like it, too. I think Louis is maybe on his island alone and in, in, in not liking it as much as the rest of us. So. But he, weird. Once again, though, I don't think Louis is wrong. I just happen to love her fucked upness in that movie. Well, no, I like watching uncom. I enjoy an uncomfortable movie where you're just like, oh boy, that's okay. my least it's, uh, favorite that's very thing. Much that movie. It is. Like, you're right. You're uh, right. You're just like, oh no, are they gonna find out? They're definitely gonna find out. It's a movie. They need. That's just like you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh. Well, Lynn Shelton. Uh, gone too soon. Uh, I hope listeners out there, you know dive into her work sort of trust is now on netflix absolutely i, I saw that um and you can find her, her stuff um in all sorts of places so thank you morgan for bringing us that wonderful topic we have a couple more items of old business before we dive into this um, episode though um gavin don't we have a couple of nice messages yes we actually have a couple reviews from itunes thank you so much if uh, you listen to the show through apple Podcasts. please go there and give us a five-star rating and a review what it does is it gets us into the algorithm and really makes it easier for other people to find us and we just want to spread the love around but here's one of those reviews uh this review is titled love exclamation point five stars i love this podcast so much louis and gavin have great chemistry they're funny and smart and listening to them talk about movies is such a comforting joy they make me want to watch every movie and that's from winter disco from Canada. In, in Canada. Hey, girl. What's up? Thank every you. Every movie. They want to make <laughs> you make them want to watch every every, every movie. movie, even the bad ones. Yep. Yeah. Because <laughs> we have to watch them. So you guys, yes. you guys got to do it too. Now we have one more uh, review. Um, it's titled "Absolutely Yes." Is this my favorite? Because it's Gavin stating facts and Louis reading him for it. Absolutely. Is this my favorite shower pastime? Again, yes. Anyway, listen if you want to nerd out on all the movie and actors. I definitely always end up watching movies they talk about that I've never heard of. And that's from my good friend, Marielle, in Austin. Hey, girl. What's up, Marielle? Did I go to um, CCD with her? Yes. Um, (laughs) We've known each other for 10 billion years. It's crazy. She's, um, she was just visiting. She's really great. I enjoy her presence on the interwebs, and I and I yes. only know her through you, through this podcast. Uh, but she's fantastic. So um, she also gets a five star rating from me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Find her on iTunes. Uh, um. So thank you guys for writing nice things and saying nice things about us. Um. But we are gonna move the fuck on because we've got another icon to talk about. Um. I truly was kind of dumbstruck at how much stuff there was to get through with this uh subject i was like oh shit um (laughs) this is a lot uh so zachary why don't you tell tell the people who did you bring with um us for to talk about today icon michelle pfeiffer Mm -hmm. who i all i can say is i think I think it's one of those things where I was, when I was coming of age as a child, little gay boy, she was at the height of her Pfeifferness, and so she was just <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. I just remember the time where it was like, she's Catwoman, she's in Dangerous, uh, like, uh, Dangerous Minds, she's in, like, One Fine Day, she was, like, all over the place, and I always just thought she was so... I, mean, I hate to talk about her looks, but I thought she was the most beautiful woman in the world. Mm-hmm. But also, like, but like, she didn't give a fuck that she was beautiful. She's like, yeah, I'm beautiful. Like, what, what of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just find her iconic, and she's just been around forever. Like, her list of credits is just kind of mind blowing to me. 
um like researching for this show like i've seen a lot more for filmography <laughs> than i thought i had oh, even yeah. though there's still definitely some where i'm like i haven't seen that yeah. like spoiler alert i've never seen the family you know what i mean like right. that wasn't in a rush you just know yeah. no it was and that's what the mixed reviews is all about that's right. what i love though because <laughs> there are things like the family um and for me my family was a uh, lady hawk um, oh yeah, with, yeah you're missing and, out you're missing out on a score no, and a the, half <laughs> oh wait no, no i saw lady hawk oh, is good, what i'm good, trying to good. say i did see lady hawk uh but then on the other end she has such like a wide uh swath of stuff you know like <laughs> from yeah. lady hawk to you know just like to to batman and, and she plays everything she is the verse queen okay when we talk <laughs> when we talk about versatile queens we are talking about michelle pfeiffer okay she's famously verse and, <laughs> and i think you're right zachary to be hesitant to talk about anybody's appearance because i always feel a little uncomfortable when we do that on the show but with her specifically i think it is such a part of her persona because she has become such a um an icon for her beauty and for the fact that as you said she doesn't really care and she doesn't see herself that way like she she knows she's aware that she's considered a very beautiful woman but she's very self-deprecating and she's very like oh i can see this and she's also like a big anti-plastic surgery person and whatnot and so she's very she's one yeah she's like oh natural (laughs) She's going to be aging like a normal person does, which I'm I'm not anti-plastic surgery, but I think it's interesting that, like, I think she's the first person we've covered that's, like, said anything like, no, don't do it. Um, so I think, I think, I don't know. I think it is such a part of her persona that uh, we have some, some license to talk about it, you know? Sometimes there's a slight disconnect where I'm like, I understand that you don't see yourself that way, but like, <laughs> trying to listen to herself justify why she should have been in Frankie and Johnny is a little bit like, okay, right. girl, Oh, yeah. Like, it, come on. I literally <laughs> come heard on, her girl. say, you know, pretty people have problems too. And I was like, no, or it's like, no, babe. It was nice to play someone plain. I'm like, honey. <laughs> it's very, I, I just watched White Will Enter today and the whole moment when the daughter is like, I'm not pretty, whatever, or I don't care that I'm pretty. And then he's like, you get to say that. You've never been ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, to echo everything you guys are saying, though, like, I think it's weird. I don't think we've covered someone who, like, their narrative for so long. I mean, her fucking nickname was The Face. Yeah. Like, like, that's fucking what. Like, we've certainly covered and had episodes of Beautiful Women and Beautiful Men. But, like... Her entire career has just been like, she is the most beautiful person in the world. Am I wrong? Was she the first ever most beautiful per- people's most beautiful person? I feel like she was the inaugural most beautiful person in the world. In 1990, Pfeiffer appeared on the inaugural cover yeah. of People Magazine's annual wow. 50 Most Beautiful People in the World. Um, wow. So, yeah. yeah, you're right, Louis. Well, look at you. <laughs> yeah, Gavin, wow. I'm right. Again. Yeah. Uh, I'll always be right. A broken clock is right twice a day. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> ah! um, anyway, I think we've teased the listeners enough. Why don't we get into the rewind and get into the life and times of Michelle Pfeiffer? <laughs> the life and times. <laughs> Michelle Marie Pfeiffer was born on April 29th, 1958 in Santa Ana, California. That means she was born the day after I was. You're also 63, correct? <laughs> I'm also 63. And by the way, I you look, look incredible. great. You look... I look incredible. 
like her, I have strictly said no surgery. Right. I have a right. natural right. girl. She said for a long time until like makeup companies started pursuing her um, that she was one of those people that did like sunscreen and bar soap. And that was her skincare routine. Fuck up, Michelle Pfeiffer. I was just like, I was like, sunscreen at bar soap? (laughs) The whole time? Uh, The whole whole time? time. I'm sorry. I hate it when someone like Penelope Cruz is like, I only use like, you know, body soap. And I'm like, shut up, Penelope Cruz. Yeah. No one asked you. Yeah. 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 This is what I like. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle the fuck up. Because here we go. Her mom was a housewife. Her dad um, did like uh, AC repair heating cooling please all that get stuff. him in my apartment <laughs> like, you, you need him send him your way if, if he's alive um <laughs> they moved to midway city um it's just like another uh town in orange county she's very like i, I was listening to talk about she's very socal girl it's really funny because she was like oh, hollywood i had no idea i'm like is orange county that far away from la i don't know could not tell you but she's making it sound like oh, i was a surfer chick i didn't really Think about Hollywood, know about Hollywood. Um, and also, she was a bad girl. Mm. Uh, she often um, will demure to um, elaborate on all the bad things she did. But she says that she often cut classes, um, just really didn't give a fuck about school, but also somehow graduated a full year early and with <sighs> honors. So, you know, it's like, I'm hot, but like, don't care. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about school, but I'm really good about it. Um, Which, love to hear it. Just love when God's giving with both hands to people, right? You know who this is with Michelle Pfeiffer? It's like, she's almost like, God, I fucking hate you, but God, I want to be here at the same time. Yeah, it's like, like, shut up, Michelle Pfeiffer. she didn't want to go to like do like English class or, or math class. And so like this was the only, she decided to do kind of this throwaway theater um, class. Right. And she f- ended up loving it. And the teacher there was the one who told her you have talent and you should actually, you know, maybe pursue this. She famously said, Oh, all the people in it were weirdos. And yeah, then right. she realized she was a weirdo too. But I was like, right. Really Michelle? <laughs> yeah. I always thought the theater people were a little strange, but at the time, I, because I was clever, I realized that I could get English credits by taking drama. Yeah. I thought, well, that's an easy way to get English credits, because I hated English. So I enrolled in drama, and I ended up not only falling in love with, with drama, but with the people there, and they ended up being some of my closest friends. And I guess I realized that I was strange as well, so. <laughs> It's so weird. I mean, she kind of just seemed like she was like this aimless kid. Yeah. She hasn't really talked if her parents were supportive or not. Um, it just kind of sounds like she was living this already jaded SoCal life. Um, but anyway, so she graduates a year early. Um, she decides to go to stenographer school <laughs> because like a family friend's mom did that and she thought she could do it. She ended up fucking hating it. Um, she drops out and so she's just working at Vaughn's which is a supermarket works her way up to be at the checkout um, and she's kind of just like aimless has nothing to do and um, she realizes I what do I really want to do and she realizes I'm young enough that I can fail at anything I try so why don't I try acting essentially she told her gay BFF like she doesn't say it but that's what happened it was her male hairdresser who she finally said I want to be an actor and he said, oh, sweetie, I know just the thing. 
and he actually gives her um, the papers to apply to Miss Orange County. One of the people recommended that I enter this beauty contest because there was a judge who was a commercial agent, blah, 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 blah you know, so I did. They ended up awarding all kinds of crowns when there was supposed to be one, and I think I, they made up mine. I think there wasn't really supposed to be a Miss Orange County. How I ended up in that contest, I have no idea, but I still have the crown. She doesn't win Miss California, so I guess, I don't know. Ha, take that, <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> she, um, she got sixth place. What did she yeah. do? Did she bomb the interview? Like... She was like, yeah, um, I don't talent. fucking know. Yeah. yeah. She's like, world peace, no thanks. <laughs> Out of here. She got an acting agent through the pageant system, and off she went. Um, she never went to, like, formal acting school. She, for a lot of her career, I think even now, she'll say she's always been self-conscious about, like, all these other actresses who came out of Juilliard and Yale and et cetera, et cetera. Um, she took some classes. She uh, took some, you know, uh, workshops and things. Um, it is worth noting that Glenn Close, who we talked about two episodes ago, um, who has worked with Michelle Pfeiffer in Dangerous Liaisons mm-hmm. and was in a cult, Michelle Pfeiffer also dibble-dabbled in a cult. Yeah. It was during this time when she had just moved to L.A., and she was trying to start this acting career that she fell into a couple that were, I don't know, fucking scammers. <laughs> um, and I'd say so. <laughs> she hasn't talked a lot about this period in her life. Unlike, I mean, it was a very small time. Right. I would say, you know, maybe a year, a couple of years. Unlike Glenn Close, who like grew up in it. Um, but she has said that she gave them a lot, a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and it took a while for her to get out of that situation and like listen i'm not saying join a cult like please don't but they did uh, it did have some positive effects on her life it did help her to quit drinking and smoking and doing drugs and it was also when she became a vegetarian i just did like a full spit take into my drink thinking like oh good now you guys know do not join join a a cult i think that i was in a transitional phase of my life i had moved out moved away from my home and i moved to los angeles and i didn't know many people up here and i think looking for an identity and i think they gave me one for a little while and so as a result of that i constantly don't believe in anything (laughs) if you guys sign up for my three-part course and you take this stress test let me tell you about xenu um but oh no am i getting processed (laughs) zachary you're actually here to join Oh, man, I knew it. Please welcome to the sofa, Tom Cruise. <laughs> I think it's um, weird that I paid you $10,000 to be on the show. <laughs> no, that's our normal fee. Everyone yeah, does it. Everybody uh, does it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yep. Morgan didn't complain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, 1978, she makes her acting debut um, on the show Fantasy Island. Who is he, Naomi? A bird man. He saved me from them. He has powers beyond belief. Really? She's <laughs> dibbling and dabbling. Like, we're going to speed through this because there's a lot to get yeah. through. But and, she dibbles and... And she plays the face in all of these dibbles and dabbles. Like, that's literally... Yeah. She's yeah. only cast because she's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Which I get all the time. It's so hard to deal with. That's why I got uh, you on this podcast. It's tough. Oh, <laughs> You're the looks. I'm the brain. <laughs> it's not, no? Anyway, I'm just like... I, it's so hard being like... 
really taking advantage of like this. Um, <laughs> she dibbles and dabbles in a lot of like, you know, TV stuff. She's playing a lot of, uh, quote, bimbos. Um, and we're just going to bebop on over to 1982, where she makes her real breakthrough in the underappreciated, the full classic, the camp um, icon, Grease 2. Um, can, can I did just... you guys know that this was her first like breakthrough movie? I had no idea. I thought she had I been did. around forever. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, looking at her filmography, there are three movies listed ahead of it. I'm like, I don't know what these are, though. <laughs> I watched all three of those films. They're all bad. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, and I, I just want to say their names, just so people know what they are. The Hollywood Knights, Falling in Love Again, and Charlie Chan and the Curse of the Dragon Queen. I watched the Dragon Queen. I watched 10 minutes of Charlie Chan and the, and the Curse of the Dragon Queen. I was like, no, thank you. You, you mm. can keep your yellow face. I'm good. Mm. She was not. Mm-hmm. She didn't. She was playing a ditzy blonde bimbo the, the way that wow. she but yeah grease 2 is really her like big shining moment she goes into audition she you know she wasn't really interested she wasn't a singer she wasn't a dancer and like grease was like a huge huge hit like this was an obvious cash grab there were a butt ton of girls who were going out for this role um but guess what mimi she did <laughs> this was supposed to be the first in a trilogy and also <gasps> a <sighs> Uh, TV show, like this was supposed oh, to be. Wow. This was supposed to spawn two more films in a TV show. Do you know what <laughs> happened to the next movie? By the way, they didn't make it. Years later, they reworked the script <laughs> and called it High School Musical. You're a oh, liar, I did know Dina. This actually, You're I did a know liar, that. Dina. I am not lying one bit. I have heard this actually. I thought like is this true? <laughs> wow! And here I am watching High School Musical: The Musical series. Do you know it did have a trilogy? High School Musical. <laughs> Oh. And a TV show. <laughs> Damn, wow. Wow. Amazing. I guess they're the winner. <laughs> That's a good idea. I, I will say, okay, Grease 2 gets a lot of hate. Um, is it good? No. no. Is it bad? Yes. Um, but it's fun. Oh, it's a I, lot of fun. It's 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 very stupid. Um, the, <laughs> the, the high schoolers are somehow older this time around. <laughs> um, I want a cool writer. I want to be... A girl for all seasons. I like. I want all. Like the songs are bops. What can I say? Stephanie Zanoni is her name. First of all, amazing. Love it. Yes. Great yes. Name. I think the reputation of Grease Two is actually weirdly much better now than it was when it came out. I'm not sure quite when they when the curve happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I do think there's more people our age that are like, yeah, Grease too. Which well, is, it's, you know. It's probably because we watched it when we were growing up on VH1. Right. Like, <laughs> For years, I had no idea that the number reproduction even existed. Because when it was aired on VH1, they would cut it out. because They would cut it out. Too uh, sexual. And this time, I watched it, when I watched it, uh, I was watching for Michelle, and I think it's hilarious because I will say I love her in this role. I think she's great. I think she's got great songs. <laughs> she is occasionally very bored in this movie, and oh, yeah. and she's in the background of reproduction. And please, if you're listening to this, go find that number on YouTube. Just wa- she's in the back right corner. Watch her. She is like, why am I here? She's not doing <laughs> any of the dance moves. She's just like. <laughs> Reproduction. Michelle, just be cool. Yeah, just, like, just be, yeah. Cool. be cool in the back. So this movie is a fucking bomb. Like it is derided, hated. Like it, 
no and and because of that no one wants to work with her she said i couldn't get any jobs it, it, it was radioactive poison also this movie and this is a bit of an extrapolation so if i'm incorrect I apologize, Michelle. I'm sure she's going to listen. She has been very press shy for her entire career. She doesn't like to promote a lot of her movies. She doesn't like to do a lot of in-depth interviews. If she does them, she's very casual and coy. She even said in her Barbara Walter interview, the reason she did it was because she'd finally convinced herself, oh, if I don't want to answer a question, I just won't. I think that comes from this because she has said the studio would send press to her hotel as she was getting out of like the shoot that night, every night because Greece was such a big hit and they were trying to drum up the sort of gossipy, glossy tabloid stuff (laughs) around her and around Maxwell Caulfield, who's the male lead in the movie. Oh God. Yeah, exactly. And she, (laughs) Who she also didn't get along with, by the way, which I also think is very funny. What? They had such electric chemistry in Greece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've said some pretty mean stuff about each other over the years. Um, but the fact that she she was a, basically a nobody and she had paparazzi yeah. around her constantly while she was doing this movie. And then it bombs. And like you said, she becomes poison. That's got to do a number on somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't um, blame her. I mean, she was 23 years old when this happened, you know? But, alas, not even Grease 2 could keep the gal down. Brian De Palma was getting ready to direct Scarface. He had seen Grease 2 and was like, I think the fuck not. Uh, <laughs> but Martin Bregman, who was producing the film, said, no, 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 you need to really take a look at her. She is incredible. And eventually relented and hired her, cast her for um, as Elvira Hancock. I know Scarface is very important to a certain class of people. Um, (laughs) That's a pointed statement. (laughs) um, I know the types of people I assume I'm thinking of when I see the poster on their wall. I was just going to say straight college Mm -hmm. age men. Correct. Right next to the Godfather, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, literally. My freshman year roommate had Scarface, the Godfather, Uh, and Goodfellas. I had Scarface. I had Scarface and a Captain Morgan lamp that was on top of this. Oh, see, I like, yeah. (laughs) No. 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 And I was like taping my burden at Peter's Gypsy uh, <laughs> liner on my desk. You're like, it's it's Mama's turn. <laughs> so this movie, you know, it is legendary. People like it, I guess. I did not watch this movie. I'm just gonna say that. I'm just gonna say that for me. Ooh. I did not watch. Para mi? Um, no. See, I've been uh, watching a lot of Drag Race Spain, so that's. <laughs> oh. God bless. I know she is uncomfortable talking about this movie because she's like, I don't like how thin I look in it because I definitely got super thin for the role because, you know, Cokehead, you know. Yeah, correct. So it's like, it's it's technically the character, but it's like, it's, it's, it makes me uncomfortable when I see so many people writing about, oh, she's so beautiful in Scarface. I'm like, she looks close to death in yeah. Scarface. Yeah, like, yeah. That's, that's not an ideal. Um, Luke. Uh, look, yeah. I mean, if that's your natural body type, that's one thing. But it's, oh, it, mm. yeah. I mean, cheekbones could put your eye out. <laughs> <laughs> she, you know, for better or worse, it, this is the movie that kind of like saves her from the grease two poison, and mm. she quickly is just like being booked 
And she also is able to um, pivot away from her blonde bimbo uh, typecasting. Um, so she does Into the Night with Jeff Goldblum. Um, she's in Lady Hawk, which I would <laughs> describe as Ferris Bueller's Day Off goes to <laughs> Ren Fair. Uh, Correct. R.I.P. Richard Donner, who just passed away. I was going to say. Yeah. Um, that score. Uh, that score, man. I always forget. Because I like that score. movie. And I was you like, like that movie? Yeah, I do. I like Lady Hawk. It's fun. It's fun enough. I've read Rucker Hauer's autobiography. Thank you. And um, yeah, I th- it was on in my household a lot. But <laughs> I think I remember being like, I don't like those. No. <laughs> I couldn't tell why. Moving right along, um, she does Sweet Liberty, which I quite liked. Her mid eighties are taking off. I would say like the biggest like breakout of this time though is Witches of Eastwick oh. in, in eighty four, which is. Made it, for the gays. Yeah, which is a gay cam classic. It is so fun, so ridiculous. Um, and I will say, for me, the revel- the revelation of the movie is Susan Sarandon. I think she's, like, just, like, so good. She gets to play... Interesting. Ma- I, she gets to play Mousy Mouse Girl and then also, like, Super Sex Pot. And she paints with all the colors of the wind. Uh, but, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer and Cher are both also very good. Um uh, yeah, my memories should... are of Cher's hair. Yeah, it was, oh, yeah. It was so all-encompassing. Yeah, bouncing, flouncing, yeah, all of this. Very Moonstruck era. Yeah, just like big bouncy curls. Yeah, you can see which of Eastwick on HBO Max right now. Well, the paper called him, you know, and asked to interview him. Excuse me. About the house and all the renovations and everything, and he said he'd be happy to do an interview, and then he asked for me. Why? I don't know. I mean, he wants me to do the interview. I know, but who is he? Well, he must have a name. Yeah, I just I just can't remember it. Then why would he ask for you? Because I'm good at it. You know, you give me credit for being so stupid there, sometimes. So you've met him. In 1988, um, she does Jonathan Demme's Married to the Mob, which, again, just... She was on the camp grounds, okay? She got it. She got it. She was doing the nanny before there was the nanny. Yes! <laughs> yes! Um, also, I don't know if I have much feelings about Matthew Modine now, but watching this movie, I was like, Matthew Modine, such, just like a charming little sex bomb. Could Um, get it in the, in the day. In the day. It's, it's very funny. Uh, Mercedes Rule is just like an icon. Um, she gets her first Golden Globe nomination, um, for Best Actress in a Motion Picture Musical Comedy. What the hell was I thinking? I'm such a jerk. That I could start a new life. Gave away everything we had. Cut all our ties to the past. Dragged you away from all his friends. Be good, you know, look where it got us all for nothing. We'll never get away from them. The funniest part of all. I wasn't even thinking of guys, and then I meet you. And... <laughs> if you knew what I... What I thought about us, and that's pretty pathetic. And this is like begins a streak of six consecutive nominations at the Golden Globes. Um, this movie is very good. Like, I, I cannot say enough um, about it. Um, but then, of course, Womp Womp, she does fucking Tequila Sunrise. <laughs> I didn't watch that. Oh, no. <sighs> good for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this and, and, and this movie, she's just like the girl that gets to fuck Mel Gibson and Kurt Russell. It's really, really oh, well, good for her. Yeah. It's not, it's not great. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> um, 
she does dangerous liaisons uh-huh. um which i would say is like the beginning of her like period moments yes always she she ever since dangerous liaisons she was you know kira knightling about <laughs> let's, let's call it the corset era because that's really you know. what it is because it's not yes. just period if you count you know her dalliance into superhero drama uh dalliance but, but can you believe in the same year she did married to the mob she did dangerous liaisons nuts. that's like nuts. Wild to me. nuts that's wild um, and that's verse queen <laughs> that's verse when you talk about dangerous liaisons you're not she's great She's the third lead, but she like she's not the headline, and and no, she, I don't watch it for her. And she's even <laughs> said in interviews, you know, like it's not easy to play the victim, somebody who's re-victimized over and over and over again. I think playing a victim, somebody who's victimized, scene after scene after scene, it's challenging and not always easy. And I think it can be pretty boring for an audience to just watch a person being victimized over and over again. So I think the challenge of that character was trying to find new and different ways to be victimized. victimized. (laughs) I will say this, though, a little bit of hot goss from this set of Dangerous Liaisons 30 years ago. Um, She had an affair (laughs) with John Malkovich during Mm -hmm. the production of that. They had sexual chemistry yeah, in that movie. And it did did not help either of their relationships. (laughs) No, 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 no. She got that nomination. It's true. Yes. Yeah. And she won the BAFTA. Hell yeah. I forget that. Yeah. In my research, I was like, oh, she won. Okay. Fully okay. We've, we know. We get it. You have an encyclopedic knowledge of the BAFTAs. <laughs> <laughs> she was everywhere. And it was movies that were huge successes and just like were in the zeitgeist. The year, uh, the year after Dangerous Liaison, she does the Fabulous Baker Boys, which I had never seen with the Bridges Brothers, Jeff and Bo, um, as the titular Baker Boys. Uh, <laughs> and she did the vocal training. She did all the, the work to sing all her own stuff. The, the movie's about um, a former call girl who joins these piano lounge guys yeah. who uh, want like a pretty uh, face to change their act. You're full of shit. You're a fake. Every time you walk into some shitty daiquiri hut, you're selling yourself on the cheap. Hey, I know all about that. I'd find myself at the end of the night with some creep and tell myself it didn't matter. And you kid yourself that you got this empty place inside where you can put it all. But you do it long enough and all you are is empty. I didn't know horrors were so philosophical. At least my brother's not my pimp. You know, I had you pegged for a loser the first time I saw you, but I was wrong. You're worse. You're a coward. She's really fucking good at right. it. Right. She, sexual, yeah. like, pot. It's, it's the just... movie she should have an Oscar for, is what I always say. Like, it's it always, every time I look at that, I'm like, what the fuck happened? What happened? She has this uh, genuine, uh, natural sexuality that she's able to harness in any given moment. Um, and so I remember watching this and I was like, God, this could be so fucking corny, but she is just delivering on every level. She's sexy. Yeah. The will they, won't they with Jeff Bridges is really good. Um, it doesn't feel like unearned or like cheap. She's just like spine of steel, you know? I mm-hmm. think that's like the thing that she has that maybe other actresses don't have or the thing I was like, man, what makes her so special? Because even if, you know, people thought like she's just the pretty face, she's, you know, the face, uh, 
and I truly think it's just like she's able to not only have that bubbling energy underneath, but she also just has this fucking spine of steel. She's never broken. She is never like unwavering. You always know that she's going to fucking like pull through ahead. She is just like this. I don't know. I hate the cliche of like the strong woman because I just get that from her like innately. Uh, well, she's like beautiful, but she's like dangerous beautiful. Yes, she has yes. those like ferocious eyes. It's, so yes. It gives her a depth. So I feel like also she's one of those women that she's so naturally sexy that if she even just plays sexy at all in something, it's just like, oh my God. Yeah. And so in that movie, they're like, use your sex appeal. And then yeah. she, you know, you know, leaks all over piano. And we're all like, I'm <laughs> enthralled. I, I agree. She is liquid in that scene. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I just recently went back and listened a bit to our Nicole Kidman episode because it was Nicole Kidman's birthday and I wanted to put a clip yes, up. Yes, yes. And I My also, I, I, well, that's, I was going to say, I think the thing she also shares with Nicole Kid, Kidman is she has a, a slight reputation for being a little icy as well, too. Mm, but mm. I think it's employed differently. I think when people say it about Nicole Kidman, they're, they're trying to be insulting. I don't think mm-hmm. it's, I don't ever think it's a bad thing with Michelle Pfeiffer. I have no. a friend who hates Nicole Kidman. They're like, ugh, I can't stand that woman. I'm like, what did what? she do to you? Yeah. <laughs> what did she ever do except be meek and perfect? First, sorry. Of, first of all, perfection. that person is not a friend. <laughs> that is an enemy. Well, I, don't, an enemy. <laughs> I don't talk to them very much anymore, so I guess she could be correct. In 1990, she does The Russia House with Sean Connery. Um, I did not watch this movie, so I cannot I say yeah. too much. Uh, I just know that she had a Russian accent. Alas, another Golden Globe nomination. Um, the next movie she does, Frankie and Johnny, which we talked a little bit about this in our Kathy Bates episode because this is an adaptation of Frankie and Johnny and the Claire de Lune, which mm-hmm. Kathy Bates originated the role um, mm-hmm. in the play. Uh, and there was a lot of brouhaha yeah. because uh, Frankie is this waitress who is described as very plain. I mean, obviously, Kathy Bates is not Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, no. Mirror image. Yeah. (laughs) You can uh, hear more about our discussion on that. Yeah. I highly recommend going back to the Kathy Bates episode and listening to it because we have all the hot goss on that. And let me tell you, it gets spicy. Like, Kathy Bates was out of the country. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I heard Barbara Streisand was left out for that, too. Really? Yeah. Whoa. That's Hmm. a. Yeah. Which would have made a little more sense. It would have made a little more sense, but it probably still would have not been a great movie <laughs> how dare that's not, what are you implying? not because of barbara <laughs> i'm not putting it on be her be careful where you're going um wait so do, I, I did not watch frankie and johnny um do, how do you think she handles herself in the movie i think she's fine here's the thing her performance is good yeah it's just so you're like girl right this is not your role sis it's like unbelievable. it's yeah, it's like, it's not that she's not very good, and I know that, and she loves, she, I heard her doing the press for it, like, you know, people think that pretty people aren't damaged too, but they are, and I'm like, yes, 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 you're not wrong, but in this particular story, right. you're not exactly a plain waitress who no one would notice, like, it's, it's... Right, right. The plainness was really about being damaged, and I felt like I wanted to sort of break through this notion that, you know, pretty people never get hurt or, you know, pretty people are never unhappy and pretty people aren't damaged and, and I think that damaged people come in all shapes and sizes and yeah. and images. I don't know how it plays out in the show, but 
Pacino also feels incredibly miscast. He's like hamming it up and he like and because the play only takes place over the course of one night and is only two yeah. characters, you know, the Ugh. writer had to flesh it out. Terrence McNally had to f- flesh this out to <laughs> to all these other side characters who feel like they belong in a sitcom and like there's an extra scene where like you know Johnny's a good guy because he hires a sex worker to spoon him and he's not the big spoon. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, like please, Jer- please Gary Marshall, just stop. Like, like first of all, it's Gary the Gary Marshall yeah. ball, and mm-hmm. Gary Marshall mm-hmm. has has touched things in a bad way in many times. Every time I watch this movie, it's not a good sign if I'm recasting it in my brain, but I'm always like. Oh, this would have been so good with like Bob Hoskins and Kathy Bates. Yeah. This would have been such a there different movie. Oh, there such a different movie. Bob you know. Hoskins um, is so severely underrated. So it's at this time she uh founds finds, starts her own boutique film production company via Rosa Productions. She ran it for ten years. Um she got to produce and star in her own shit. Um she the first thing that they do is um Love Field. Uh, which was released in 1992. Um, I saw that today, earlier. Um, <laughs> it's fine. It's weird. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. weird. It's a kooky little movie that feels like <laughs> 90s uh, White Savior complex. Oh, very tough. Oh, yeah. Um, I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, this must just be a wild trailer. And then I, <laughs> nope. Uh, no, and then no, 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 no. I didn't finish it, I must admit, because I was like, I got a jump ship. Uh, no, but, but I saw enough. It's it's the, the even the ending as well, babe, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Oh. Um, oh. It's basically like this woman who's obsessed with Jackie Kennedy and the entire Kennedy family. Um, husband sucks, I guess. So she... After... She lives in Dallas. After the president is killed, she's like, I'm going to the funeral. She kind of, like, flees to go to the funeral. She basically gets this black man in trouble a lot. Yeah, like 90 times. Oh, I told him you saw everything. Shit. Well, they needed witnesses. Just tell him what you saw. Identification. She gets nominated for an Oscar and a Golden Jesus. Globe. Um, which just tells you a lot about the state of the 90s. Yeah. Because um, I, I had never seen this movie, so I assumed, like, maybe it's some great like drama that I've just never seen. That's what I thought. And you know, and then I watched it and I went, they nominated her for that? Uh-huh. <laughs> Was this a light year? First of all, yeah. I'd rather put her in for Batman. Hello. And so speaking of, in 1992, she iconically takes on the role of Catwoman in Tim Burton's Batman Returns. We've talked about Batman Returns 10 billion times on this show. As you should. Um deservedly. Uh and she is just fucking incredible. She uh, takes over the role from Annette Benning, who dropped out because she was pregnant. Um, and God, I don't know what else is there to say. She is just... There is a reason why that uh, she is widely known to be the best I, Catwoman of all time. Um, best villain in the Batman canon. Best portrayal. Everything. She <laughs> She's is so just great. Just fucking good. The combination of danger and beauty and, and just, humor. And she's funny. In yeah, movie. she's very she funny. It's, it's very, I mean, and the drawl way in which she delivers that. I mean, I, I could go on and on <laughs> and I probably will. But uh, but yeah, she's uh, she's really, I mean, it's, it's hard not to watch her 
just steal the yeah. spotlight from everybody that's on camera literally with her. maybe maybe not danny devito who is hard to look away from one of my favorite moments of that movie it's a it's a micro moment boy the news these days weird i heard on tv that catwoman is thought to weigh 140 pounds I don't know these hacks sleep at night. And I was like, that's camp. That's why I discovered camp. Zachary, I, I literally watch this movie every year. I also love that he follows it up with, it's not even accurate. Batman blows it. He probably saved millions of dollars in property damage alone. <laughs> and <laughs> like, I, I also I think love that, it. I also think that is like a premature, like backhanded slap to Zack Snyder and everything he did with superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Have you heard that she, I think it was like last year or something, she's like, I would play Catwoman again yeah. if they had me. And I'm like, can. get I on that, Hollywood. Get on that. I have I have so much like behind the scenes stuff, info from her about, so, uh, but anyways, uh, I digress. You probably don't want to stick around on Batman Returns for the moment. We'll move on. Um, I'm so, sure you talked about the whip before when she got oh, it on the first take. Oh, yeah. That iconic. She whips the heads off. Oh, yeah. Iconic. Um. <laughs> True to her verse queen form, the next year she's in Martin Scorsese's The Age of Innocence. Hello. Um, with Daniel Day-Lewis, Winona Ryder. Um, this movie's fucking sad. Yeah. Is what I'll say. It's very good, but very sad. I, I love that movie, but I I will say, and I've said this over and over again, like that is a Winona movie. <laughs> that is not a Michelle Pfeiffer movie. Fair, that fair. is a Winona Ryder fair. movie. Yeah. It's just a sad movie to me, guys. Yeah. I like, was, it's a sad movie. I was like, oh, this is such a beautiful movie. Like, I'm like, wow, I, I, I'm not a technical person at all. But I was like, oh, this is very beautiful. Oh, like, it this, is. It's a gorgeous shot. But then I was like, and yet I am so deeply sad. <laughs> like, holy shit. Like, now, it's um, Scorsese. Now you know yeah. how I spend every day, Louis. Um, <laughs> she's notoriously critical about her own performances. She she always says that she likes the ones that nobody else likes and she hates the ones that everybody else likes. She has said uh, her character in Age of Innocence, Elena Olenska, she said she, mm. she would do that role over again. In fact, the performances that I like usually are not the performances that oh, wow. other people like. If I see a, a film finished and I think, oh, you know, I, I actually, I think I'm kind of good in that, <laughs> um, which is rare. Um, it's not like, you know, like maybe I might get panned or something, you know, and and the movies that I see where I go, oh, those are the boy, most popular ones. I really miss the boat on that one. And then, you know, people love it. So I, I, I can't gauge it. We're skipping out a little bit to 1995 in Dangerous Minds. Um, You're going to skip over Wolf. You're gonna just yeah. ignore Wolf. <laughs> yeah, I am gonna skip Wolf. I just want to. I just want to say one what? thing about Wolf, which is okay, she literally took. One thing. She literally took the role, as I was saying earlier, because she didn't want to wear a corset anymore. She has said several times <laughs> she took the movie Wolf because she wanted to do a movie where she didn't have to wear a corset. That's it. We can move on. And well, that's know, Gavin on this one A romantic thing. horror film directed by Mike Nichols with Jack Nicholson, I'd probably say yes. You too. know what's so funny, too? Poor Mike Nichols. He really thought Wolf was going to be his, like, modern day, like, his, like, step into making big budget movies and in the 90s. Mm. And mm, no, sorry. Like, that movie, that no. movie is a werewolf movie about <laughs> publishing. That movie is <laughs> equally as much about publishing as it is about being a werewolf. <laughs> But, well, I'm interested. <laughs> but honestly, once again, 
as Buffy says in the pilot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, James Spader. He needs to call me. <laughs> Can we talk about Dangerous Minds now? Yes, yes, fine. Uh, we keep spending Minds. most of our lives living in this gangster's paradise. We might as well talk about it. <laughs> Stupid. God damn it. Oh, wow. Um, Dangerous Minds, which became a surprise hit, um, released under her production company. Um, it got pretty bad reviews, uh, but it just was this in large part coolio gangsters paradise yeah um, it's a it's a hour and a half vehicle for that song <laughs> truly they play that song i think four times four times uh and you know great song so can't be mad about it um i will say i as a white savior movie it is maybe one of the least offensive that i've seen yeah it's pretty good see i i disagree i mean i i don't i don't know if it's necessarily offensive but there is I don't know the Roger Ebert review I thought was really great about where he talked about the movie versus the book that in the in the book she teaches them poetry using a rap song and in the movie she teaches it to them using Bob Dylan and I get that the screenwriter was probably like oh Dylan and Dylan symmetry but Ebert brings up the point that what what that's doing is anesthetize it's like whitewashing it for the audience to be like look those inner city brown kids can learn from the white music too and not from and and I was like, that's an interesting point. You know, that's a good point. I mean, it, it's it's a weird choice. So what if I told you that Mr. Tambourine Man is a code name? A code name for what? <laughs> a drug dealer. Is it? Well, a lot of people think so. Do you think in the movie you would have you would have like been like I, to me hearing that? I'm like, would I want like some white lady being like, "Hey, youths, look yeah. at the rap that I know." Yeah, like, honestly, I mean, if she's also I, passing and... out candy bars, yeah. <laughs> well, at least it's like a very like it's obvious. She's like, yeah, I'm gonna bribe these fucking kids. Like, yeah. I'm gonna pay for dinners. I'm gonna take them to Wally World or whatever the fuck. Like, the, yes, the amusement park, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Hey, likes roller coasters. Don't you have a southern accent? Yeah, yeah she yep. does. She certainly yeah. does. <laughs> My sister Nicole loved this movie. I literally didn't see it until about a week ago. So <laughs> it's like Sister Act Two without the nuns, <laughs> very without, that, very without that. all the bops. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just want to make a quick uh, passing reference to Up Close and Personal. Which I was like, oh no, another movie about journalism where the woman fucks the older journalism guy. Um, but she's actually like given a lot of space to like actually be a good journalist. Um, so, oh, and also um, very uh, mean and angry um, Stalker Channing. Yes, we talked a little bit about Up Close and Personal in our Robert Redford episode, and I sort of dropped the bomb that it is one of the many remakes of A Star is Born that's not actually titled A yes. Star is Born. Yes, and absolutely. And what's funny is it's written by the same people that wrote the Barbara Streisand, A Star is Born. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I I think that's an interesting parallel. But yeah, it's kind of a fine movie. You get that great Celine Dion song out of it because you love the movie. That's that's worth worth the ambition alone. It's worth it all. Yeah. Yes. I cannot skip One Fine Day. No. Um, (laughs) Why would you? One Fine Day to me. It's like the classic like '90s rom-com movie. Literally, just give George Clooney a reason to be charming, and George Clooney about also a tiny little Mae Whitman, who is this maybe one of the, our greatest child actors of all time. Um, yeah, I love this movie. It's literally just like two single people who hate each other, and this the like <laughs> kind of antics they get into. 
I really enjoyed One Fine Day. I've not seen it since I was a kid, but I remember liking it, so I'm not saying anything bad. But the part that, like, sticks in my brain is her teaching him Peter Pan syndrome and explaining what that means. And to this day, I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. The part <laughs> that's what that I want. Six, the part that I because sti- this movie was like a very like growing up like a TBS TNT yeah, yeah. movie. Yes, and the part that always stuck in my head was like the marble in his nose. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. <laughs> I always thought like, how does one get a marble stuck in your nose? Surely you could just dig it out, but. I guess you. Some... Also, just remember this movie taught me about sexual chemistry because I remember the end of the movie when oh. they're finally in the apartment together, and you're like, "Fuck, fuck, <laughs> yes, fuck, yes." <laughs> it's just like a little. <laughs> I don't often... know those words, but I was like, "They're about to do some adult yeah. stuff." I That's often think about like play like... board games. Yeah, adult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I often think about um, George Clooney falling asleep because she needs to go freshen up um, yeah. before they have sex, and I was like, "Man, if I was either like what." I would not fall asleep. Hello? <laughs> like, I would stay the fuck awake. I always thought... He was like, apparently kind of a nightmare in this movie, though. Really? <laughs> they, like, or not a nightmare, but, like, he... <laughs> typical straight man just didn't know how to go back to his hotel and not get into any trouble. Yeah. Uh, he, like, um... Oh, he, like, showed up drunk. Yeah, he I was gonna say, drunk. I watched yeah, their yeah, Actors yeah. on Actors that they just did this past year yeah. about the, the, like, anniversary of it, and he was like, yeah, there was the time I showed up drunk, and I was like, very cool, George. Yeah. <laughs> we saw that story real charmingly, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. you can tell by her face, she's like, yeah, as the producer on the film, I loved when you showed up drunk <laughs> yeah, to film. It was, it was really great. <laughs> and I got to the set, and we walked into the, the, into the trail, and I sat down, and you looked at me, and you go, what? And I was like, I didn't know we were going to work today. And you go, you're still drunk. And it's a scene where we we did in a wonder where you and I are talking back and forth to each other. And I kept trying to, you know, spray like whatever mouth spray I could because I smelled like a, a you know, like I don't brewery. know, a distillery. She just has, you know, a lot going on st- throughout this time period. A Thousand Acres, 97, The Deep End of the Ocean in 1988, which honestly I thought was a TV movie, but it's not. Um, <laughs> it's a very TV movie. Uh, she was a voice in The Prince of Egypt. Uh, she, what else do we have? Um, Midsummer Night's Dream. Yes. Uh, the Story of acres. Us. And, oh, The Story of Us was big for me. Oh, was it really? Interesting. Actually, yes. And probably for like not the most highbrow reason. <laughs> but I just, okay. And then this, is, this is, might get me like read a little bit. But at the time when I was, <laughs> whatever age I was, I was like uh, 12. I thought Bruce Willis was so hot in that movie. <laughs> and you got to see his ass. And so I was kind of like, I'm in gay heaven. That's all um, you need. Say no more. The movie's also a mess. Like, I haven't watched yeah. it lately, but the last time I watched it, I was like, Ooh. oh, oh I, boy. I did. Very good. I did. I watched it for this. And I, first of all, it should be renamed The Story of Wigs. Because there's so many wigs in that movie, but between the two of them, nonetheless, too. Oh, oh, because he is hairpiece city in that movie, and um, I will say it's it's bad and it's not good. Uh, But (laughs) she gives poor Rob Reiner. She gives a um, (laughs) a monologue at the end of the movie, and I can only imagine like receiving that script and reading through it and being kind of like, whatever, it's same old, same old, and then seeing this monologue at the end, and she is. So pitch perfect because in the middle of it, she's like crying and venting all of her emotions. And then there's this random part where she just gets like, it's very 
Sally Field the whole time, where she's just like mm-hmm. suddenly very angry for two sentences and then back to crying. And it's it's great. And I can only imagine she was like, this. <laughs> this is why I'm doing the movie. Let's face it, anybody's going to have traits that get on your nerves. I mean, why shouldn't it be your annoying traits? And, and, and I'm no day at the beach, but I do have a good sense of direction, so at least I can find the beach, which is not a criticism of yours. It's just a, a strength of mine. And God, you're a good friend, and good friends are hard to find. After the end of this movie, she's she decides to dissolve uh, via Rosa Productions. She wants to kind of spend more time with her family. The last movie they make is Original Sin, which she was originally going to be in. But then she's like, nah, it's fine. Angelina Jolie's in it. We talk about it in our Antonio Banderas movie. Very briefly. It, very briefly. It's Cuckoo Bananas. <laughs> um, but oh my God. I that movie existed. <laughs> <laughs> what a gem getting to 2000, though. And what lies beneath. Yeah. Oh, oh. Talk about sex, baby. Um, sex. Sex, sex, sex. Uh, Harrison Ford's chest was a big moment for me yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. A, oh, yeah. A movie that, like, was kind of an afterthought. Robert Zemeckis literally made this movie in the break between waiting <laughs> yeah. for Tom Hanks to lose all of his weight for Castaway. <laughs> right. So it was just, like, right in the middle of that. I guess I'll make a movie. Yeah, I guess <laughs> this a small Hitchcockian thriller. Um <laughs> It's it's genuinely one of my favorite Robert Zemeckis movies. Um, so good, but I'm also not a huge fan of him. I don't know. I go back and forth, but um, but it's yeah, it's so good and so much fun. And I think both of them are really, really because it's mostly a two hander. It's mostly them oh, yeah. doing as much as they can um, to with each other and to each other. And what's what's the iconic line? She's like, I think she's expecting something. Who your, your wife? wife. <laughs> And, and then she turns that, into Marlon Wayans. Yeah. The, <laughs> Stop. The entire, that entire like set piece of her being possessed by this ghost where she's just like basically almost hate fucking Harrison Ford. Oh, she's right. got the candle on the floor. Her legs are sprawled out. She, and that's where she is like weaponizing her just like sex appeal. And it's just so fucking good. Um, I will say, though, the end of this movie just does not know <laughs> when to stop. I was about to say, I love the whole movie except for the last 20 minutes, because then I'm like, what's happening? It's off the rails. Um, like, it's like they're like, oh, fuck, we have to, like, end it. Yeah, it's <laughs> like end this movie. they're doing triple sow-cow, backflip, one-handed, like, it. Which well, turns into a slasher film yeah. suddenly, and you're like, okay, that's not where I thought this was going. But did you not see the girl's face in the snow at the end? <laughs> And then, but also, I was like, "Is how far into the ghost are they going to get?" And I was like, "Oh, they're getting real far into the ghost. Yeah. The ghost, the ghost is is not only a ghost; she is grabbing Harrison Ford and bring, like it's, that, that was people's complaints about the movie because Zemeckis and everybody kept selling it as this Hitchcockian thriller, and then everybody was like, "No, there's supernatural shit in it. Hitchcock would have never put supernatural shit in." Which I also think is very stupid because when you make a Hitchcockian film, it doesn't have to be. <laughs> It's not, you're not making a lost Hitchcock film. You're just doing it in the style. Rear window didn't have ghosts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> um, she's in I Am Sam, 2001 with Sean Penn. What the fuck ever. Yeah. Um, moving on. <laughs> she's in White Oleander in 2002 um, with Alison Lohman, who also Alison Lohman Film debut, so good. Yeah. Uh, we fa- we as a people, as a nation, failed yeah. Alison Lohman. 
Now, oh, yeah. now I'm sure somebody's going to tell me she did something horrible. <laughs> but until I, I find out about it, we failed her. <laughs> yeah. Um, White Lander's very good. Very. I will say, hate the title. Not a fan. Like it's a very, it's a very stupid name. I know it's the name of the book, but like it feels like a fake movie name from like, like Home for Purim. You know, it's very that. Um, Home for Purim. Oh man. There. Uh, so she's in that. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, her uh, voice acting in Sinbad. We're we moving on. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, listen. We can't. Oh, we can't be Leander. here forever. Okay. We'll get, fine. We'll, okay, get back, we'll get back to her. Fine. Um, <laughs> um, she famously had to do Sinbad's Legend of the Seven Seas like three times because yeah. at first she was too sexy. That it wasn't she... fun, which I'm still like, I'm that is stuck. I don't in, know about this. That is stuck oh, in my yeah. craw since we did the DreamWorks episode. Like, yeah, famously she recorded all her lines once, too sexy. She did it again. It was not fun. And then they rewrote the <laughs> the, the role a third time, and she literally Jesus. called Jeffrey Katzenberg and was like, "You can fire me." And he was like, wow. no, this is just the, how it works. And it's like, yeah. no, it's, that's not wow. how it works. <laughs> no, that's not how it works, yeah. actually. Um, she, again, like, so she's kind of, like, slowing down with work a lot. She um, wants to spend more time with her kids. We haven't talked about her personal, personal life. too much. Well, um, we, we could, she would like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but she has, a, she's starting, a, she had started a family. She adopted a, a child. She had a biological child also. Uh, but I'll say she is slowing down. She wants to spend time with her kids. She's starting to take work that only, you know, she's not going to take her out of the country a lot. She turns down um, the Chronicles of Narnia to, to not be the White Witch. Um, well, it was fine, you know. That's but, fine. But also, like, I mean, I agree with you both, but I also, like, that really pushed Tilda into, I think, the mainstream consciousness. Oh, so I, and, I'm more like, let Tilda Yeah, and it. so it's like, like it's actually kind of, in a way, like... Yeah. It's in, in more ways than one, it's fine. Yeah. That she, Ag- you know. Agreed. Um, so we're now zooming on to 2007, which was her kind of like f- return, yeah. whatever. She took like a, uh, a four year hiatus. Um, <laughs> yeah. She, and, and that summer she comes back with the one two punch of hairspray and stardust. Um, I think she's very good in hairspray. Um, uh-huh. And she's also very good in stardust. I yeah. think stardust is like underseen, so fun. Um, Possibly the only good movie that Matthew Vaughn has ever directed. Just saying. Boom. Just putting it out there. Both of those movies, she's playing villainesses. Um, yes. And she is just milking every moment. Yeah. She is so, so good. Um, I think I like Hairspray, the movie musical, more than Gavin does. I uh, love it. I, I don't I dislike they, it. I, think... I just think... I, I'm so partial to John Waters and what he oh, did sure. with yeah, the yeah. original and... And the movie is very glossy, very Adam Shankman. It's very glossy. And so I... It is very glossy. But I also think it's like a perfect movie musical. Like, there's not a single scene in that movie where I'm like, ugh, that one scene lags. Like, a lot of of gays would come for me right now. But I even really enjoy John Travolta. Yeah, that's... uh, It's been such a pleasure having you on the show. It really has, Zachary. I'll say it. I'll say it. You know, (laughs) kick me off. I'll like my $10,000 back, please. Um... No, no. Also, no. I find it fascinating. She's like finally in a movie musical again. Yeah. Because yes, um, yes. D- did you hear about all this of the Avita ness of the mid '90s? She was almost Avita. No. Oh. Does this mean you have not listened to her demo tapes for anyone? <gasps> no. Look it up on YouTube. Which has to imply I'd be good for you. I'd be surprised. 
good for you. She was so close to doing it. The only reason she did not do it is because she's like, well, I'll only do it if you film it in Los Angeles. And they were like, well, we're not filming it in Los Angeles. She's like, well, then I'm not doing it. Um, but she like, she had like worked on it for a long wow. time. So wow, Madonna, Madonna thanks her. We, we may be talking about that a little more in the next episode. Who knows? Who knows? Who, mm. who could ever be sure? Um, she does I Could Never Be Your Woman in 2007 for Amy Heckerling. Um... I've heard like really good things about this movie. Haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Who, I love Amy Heckerling. Who way. did you hear good things from? Oh, <laughs> Once again, oh, oh. those are not your friends. Is okay, it that bad? Gagarini. So bad. I just watched it today, oh, wow. though, so it's very fresh. Um, oh. And you know what? Allow me to get it out because it's not going to be my one star review because I don't think Michelle Favors is necessarily the problem. But this movie, <laughs> like, it's hard to believe watching this movie that Amy Heckerling, who wrote and directed it, also wrote and directed Clueless because she's such a finger on the pulse of what's going on in Clueless. And this movie is just like, it's like all gripes. It's like the vi- the most vicious gripes. Like, it's <laughs> Saoirse Ronan's first big film. She plays Michelle Pfeiffer's oh. daughter. And she oh, she makes okay. up mean parody songs. Like, um, the, she has a Britney Spears parody song to Oops, I Did It Again about how, like, Britney Spears just uses her body and can't sing. Oh, um, no. At the same time, the whole movie's about, like, Michelle Pfeiffer's worried about aging, and she starts to fall in love with Paul Rudd, who's an actor on... Doesn't age. Yeah, who doesn't <laughs> age. Beautiful people, by the way. Both beautiful people. Um, mm. And he comes in, and he's, like... He auditions to play a nerd on the TV show that she runs. And it's a very say by the Bell type TV show. And the crazy thing is, is he's supposed to be this, like kind of nerdy but like really outgoing like he's a manic manic pixie dream guy um to to the nth degree like he's so annoying like the first sarah alexander's in this movie you would recognize her feel free to imdb her she's like the villain of the movie and the first time he meets her she's like michelle pfeiffer's assistant she like bends over and you can see her ass crack and he takes a piece of candy off her desk and throws it into her ass crack and it's supposed to be charming and it's like sir that's assault (laughs) <laughs> and, oh no yeah. and he's just like so over the top and, oh her and, and, oh yeah yeah she, she could have had a better career. her um her. <laughs> and uh yeah it just it the whole whole movie is just a a train wreck and also i think uh, weirdly enough they they do like this extreme casting for michelle pfeiffer's ex-husband by making her ex-husband john lovitz to be like she went from john lovitz to paul rudd Okay. Yeah, that's it's psychotic. Yeah, and the, oh, the opening credits. Also, by the way, not funny, not cute. The opening credits are all over images of real plastic surgery. Yeah, and I was like, "Why are you like, making I don't me mind plastic surgery?" But I don't want to see how the sausage was made. Correct. You know what I mean, like, I like, put me to sleep. I, I'll wake up at the band. I, I do like... not. I do not care. Get that chin implant. Get those cheeks lifted. Get that sure, full thing pulled back. You. Whatever you want to do. I don't want to watch it happen. Thank don't you. Don't make me look at it. Amy Heckerling was going through something and she had something to say. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't great. <laughs> and she had a green light <laughs> for a picture somehow. Well, uh, but this is the, the this is the thing and uh, I'm going to address this later but uh, Michelle Pfeiffer famously has only ever done one independent film and uh, I would argue that technically she's done two because I Can Never Be Your Woman is an independent film because every studio dumped it and eventually got released direct to video. So oh. <laughs> So technically she did do an independent film prior to Where's Kira? But I digress. Um, <laughs> wow, wow. 
it, she's kind of in like a low period, I would say. In 2009, she does personal effects with Ashton Kutcher. Uh, um, sure. I would say, is there a good movie with Ashton Kutcher in it? Ooh. I, I, I can't find I, it. I, I can't find her. Um, in 2009, <laughs> she also does Sherry, um, um, which reunited her with the director and screenwriter of Dangerous Liaisons. I'm going to be very honest. I watched about half of this movie and I said, I need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, yeah. You didn't make a bad choice. For some reason, like, I kept, re- everyone's like, oh, wow. Like, she's so good. This movie's so good. I'm like, where, where, where? I remember her getting Oscar buzz for it. And so I was like, well, I got to watch it. And then I went, oh, for what? What's her yeah. clip? What's yeah, the clip? What's the clip? That's actually a very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, she then goes into... Uh, New Year's Eve in 2011 with with right. a cast of thousands. <laughs> Leah thousands. Yes, gonna be uh, a star. People, with Ashton Kutcher uh, again. Um, <laughs> she does People Like Us in 2012, which we talked about for a Chris Pine episode. Yes, um, that one's I, pretty good. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty. It's fine. I named it. I named it my one star review for the Chris Pine episode. So I like the casting of her and Chris Pine, and I also find some similarities after learning about Chris Pine for that episode specifically about their insecurities when it comes to um, being hot. Be, well, being hot, but also like it's hard. But they also seem to have like clear anxiety about being famous and like yeah i'm sure well, it sucks being famous but also like no, no that's tough but, but yeah exactly and i do think there, there's some real shitty stuff that comes along with it and i do think it's interesting like i don't know i i i was i kept seeing like weird like mirrors between them and i was like oh that's yeah. kind of interesting i don't know yeah, per, yeah food for, for sure. thought I, I would say this is like a slump era um and yeah. it continues because we've got dark shadows in 2012 oh don't fucking make me go there yeah. we're, we're not even gonna fucking go there good um, i don't want to um and then she does the family in 2013 allegedly allegedly that's an alleged movie um and you know it's what the fuck she just isn't working well she so she does the family and then it's like she takes some more time off she's you know not doing a lot <laughs> um until where's kira in 2017, uh, the one and only independent movie. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I, I saw this at the Brooklyn Academy of Music during the BAM Cinema Fest. Um, the director of the film, um, Andrew Dosimu, who made a very beautiful film and has made beautiful films before. Um, I don't think he's made a film since, and maybe it's because he was very frank about um, what a rough time it it was to work with michelle pfeiffer oh, uh, no. she was she was very oh. much a diva on set supposedly and did not like did not understand the inner workings of a of a uh, indie film like was didn't get that there would be no trailer and uh these are all things he said i am not saying these things uh but he but it was funny because there was a talk back afterwards with him and the producer and the producer kept trying to like push him away from talking about that stuff but he was very <laughs> very frank that he did not enjoy the yeah, it's funny. Wow. I uh, Dan Mecca, former guest of this show, said he saw it at a different film festival, and at that film festival, um, the director took time to talk to say that Kiefer Sutherland was not pleasant to work with. So, who knows? Who knows? Oh. Wow. <laughs> what well, is the truth? She got rave reviews saying it was a performance of her career. It's great. It's really good to see you. your mother. I'm really sorry. You're right. No. 
like nothing you worked for is working. Thank God for my mom. She saved my ass. I feel so bad. That's one that I really wanted to get around to, but just between vacation and, you know, you know how it is. Um, and also her 10,000 fucking movies. Um, but <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's one. That's, we watched Lady Hawk four times. I watched Lady Hawk <laughs> so many times just to get the real essence of it. Um, but she also starts dabbling in TV. She does The Wizard of Lies for HBO. Um, she got a uh, Emmy nomination for that. She, same year, she does Mother for uh, Darren Ar- Aronofsky. Um, I hear people like that. <laughs> okay, well, okay. So my thing with the a Mother, I saw that in the theater, and I, I still think it's one of the wildest theater experiences I've ever had because that movie just like goes off the rails, and I was like, low key, I was writing mile high on edibles while Love watching that. it Look and so i was you. just like what's happening and then like <laughs> like when the party shows up and shit i was like what's happening <laughs> kristen wigs there and i'm like oh god but i do remember thinking like michelle pfeiffer had like a star moment and yeah she's like just in case you forgot i'm still fucking michelle pfeiffer and i was like damn i feel i feel like it's an unpopular opinion on on twitter on film twitter to say that you don't like that movie but i don't particularly like that movie i think it's very very stupid um do people but, like it on film twitter what what do people like it on the, film people twitter? fucking love that movie on okay, film twitter I do, I do not I, I thought it was, they think it's like well, they think it's like great camp it is not great camp no it's not great <laughs> camp i also my interpretation of the movie was apparently completely wrong i was like oh i see what he's trying to say <laughs> the my favorite thing in that movie is the Chekhov sink which is if you introduce an unbraced sink in the first act it's, it's got it it's it got to break from the wall in the third act <laughs> it does have to Oh, Did God, you brace the sink? I never want to watch again. It's said it's like good. four she's, times she's, in the movie. She's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> that movie. Um, she's, I definitely saw it. <laughs> she comes. Uh, she's in the Kenneth Branagh's Murder on the Orient Express in 2017. Um, famous flopperilla. Mm. No, uh, I mean it's getting a, it's getting a sequel. Got a sequel. So got a can't sequel. be too much of a flop. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Did you not? army hammers in it so it's probably never coming out um god <laughs> what a cursed project <laughs> yeah um, um, uh, yeah the trailer actually had me excited for it i was like "Ooh, this is an interesting cast she's uh, i watched i watched it today it's bad but um but she's good in it and she has what the best role in the movie but she then gets her marvel moments she plays janet Van dyne the original wasp in ant-man um you know it's just Ant-Man's fine. She's fine. That's not really anything of an actual character or role. I'm going to be honest. I'm so disconnected from the Marvel <laughs> verse that I am in this moment finding out that she was in <laughs> there, Ant-Man. In this world. literal moment? This actual I, moment? Somehow this did not come up at all. In my, because I was like, whoa, she's no, in a I mean, but I, Marvel movie? She's literally just like a blip in there. Okay. And it's it's okay. very fine. Um, you know, I just she, heard nothing of her being in it. So I was like, oh, okay. No, she's she's basically plot. Um, cool. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, that kind of gets us to... She does Maleficent, the sequel. Um, and whatever. I don't, Disney, good for her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then she does French Exit uh, last year. Last year? This last year. year. Well, just... I mean, last year technically, but it just came... Because of the pandemic, just came out this year. I want to say in yeah. like March or so. 
she had some Oscar buzz. Um, it didn't really yeah. happen. Um, I just watched the movie today. Yeah. I quite I quite liked it. It's good. I it's thought. it's good enough. I I don't love it, but I think she, I think she's really amazing in it, and I she's good. Yeah. yeah. I just think French Exit is like maybe one of the most like kooky little movies I've seen in a long while. Yeah. I was like, it it, it takes every left turn it can. <laughs> yeah. It says witches seances. Uh, reanimation, cats, <laughs> uh, patty cakes. It's, patty cakes. It's a, it's, I just love her being bitchy. Yeah, I was just going to say. Bitchy Michelle Pfeiffer. In the, in the center of all of it, just a really bitchy woman. Just love yeah. it. I love that. When she like... She, she talked burns. about how that movie... You know, like how like we, you know, we go through day to day in our lives being polite to people and it's just really exhausting. <laughs> And I was well, like, she's a woman wow. who has nothing left to to whatever. She's like, what? But, what she, but she was saying that as herself. She was oh. she was she was like, I love how refreshing this character is because we do all this pageantry all day long, and it's really tiring. We spend so much of our time trying to be polite and not hurt people's feelings, and it's exhausting, honestly. And you know, and you know, I I am you know now try to speak my mind more and not let things bottle up and all of that. And you know, she's just uh, she just is one hundred percent herself all the time. I definitely think being famous for so long has like a very specific worldview. As I was mentioning about the independent film thing, I also watched yeah. the actors on actors with her and Sarah Jessica Parker, and she said, mm-hmm. you know, the reason she did Wizard of Lies is because she thinks, you know there's so much TV now and there's so few films and there's less and less films every year. And I was like, no, no, That's there's not... actually more films than there's ever yeah. been. There's less and less films that can afford Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. she is. And it must be weird to come up in the business and, and see it shift yeah. in the way that it is definitely shifted. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think you get a little spoiled with, um, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. She had such a weird career because she was like so iconic and then she kind of like stepped away. And I think she thought, like, and then I'll come back to the movies when my kids are going to college. Mm-hmm. And it's like, maybe, yeah, like, yeah, maybe. exactly. It's like the business <laughs> is, are you Meryl Streep? The business has changed a bit, and yeah, uh, it's it's if you're over 50 and you're not in Meryl Streep, like, it's not as easy, <laughs> my lady, yeah, totally. I mean, speaking of that, like, getting into her personal life, you know. She married Peter Horton in 1981, so like really early in her career. Um, 81? 81. Like that was before Grease 2. Right. Wow. Um, So she was already married. um, And they were together until the affair happened in 88 with John Malkovich. Um, They separated that year. They said that they both wanted to work on, like they they just didn't want to be married anymore. They wanted to work. Um, she had a relationship with Fisher Stevens. As of the '90s, she was still friends um, with her ex-husband, which I commend because yeah, wow. And it's not um, like they it, had kids together. She adopted later and had her kid right. later. So, right in 1993, she married David E. Kelly, famous uh, for um, TV things like Alan McBeal, Dookie Hauser, Boston Public, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, the original they, Sex and the City, right? Yes. No. Wait, no. Nice. Never mind. Never mind. No. It's okay. I, it can, I can cut it <laughs> out. <laughs> cut it out. As I said, I was like, wait, no. <laughs> he, um, the, Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> please. Uh, they adopt um, their first child, a daughter, and then they also had their 
own biological um, son uh, later. And yeah, kind of what you said, they, she kind of slowed down work to be with them until they graduated, got out of her hair. Before I knew it, it had been five years. And it was my children who actually said to me one day, mom, are you ever going back to work? Because they missed craft services. Um, yeah. And, um, <laughs> And I'm like, what do you mean? It kind of hurt my feelings, right? I'm like, what do you mean? Isn't it nice having me home? And they're like, well, yeah, but we like visiting you at work too. So, um, but I, I kind of, I think I also realized um, when we started talking about college for my daughter and she's in high school and I only had two and they're only a year and a half apart. And I started seeing the writing on the wall and I thought, oh, you know, uh, this is going to be tough for me. This, this empty mm. nest thing is, is real. And yeah. I, better, I better sort of get my toe back in. They're still together. Um, she is really big into, uh, she supports this American Cancer Society. Um, she had a niece who suffered from, from leukemia. She also was a smoker uh -huh. for a long time. Um, she also supports the Humane Society, uh, and she is currently a vegan. Um, so good for her. Um, she also in 2019, and you can buy them now online, and they're kind of expensive. But uh, you oh. can buy her Henry Rose fragrances. Is um, Yeah, she's got her own oh, perfume God. and cologne line for all your smelling needs. You know, um, I'm tempted to buy like the twenty dollar tester pack just to see. <laughs> just, you just want to see? Just want to see. I just want to smell. Just want to smell. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess that kind of like gets us to now. I guess, Gavin, are we ready to go into our, what, five star, one star reviews? What do we let's, think? Let's start with the negative. Let's do our one star reviews. And then we can wrap up and talk with our five star reviews. So, Zachary. Oh. We're going to you first. Oh, yes. You better oh, be no. clenched and ready. I would say only because I was so angry with the movie. I'm just going to go with Dark Shadows because I was a huge fan of the like black and white TV yeah. show Dark Shadows, actually, because he's come on sci-fi all the time. And I was actually excited for that. And then I saw the first trailer and I went, no. <sighs> this is all the Tim Burton effect of it all, yeah. where sometimes I'm like, do you know what you're good at? Like, this is not <laughs> this is not it. I just wanted it to be darker. I wanted it to be... It wasn't, it wasn't, it was neither funny nor interesting nor the right tone, in my opinion. I don't know who that movie was for. It wasn't for me. There you go. <laughs> and, and she's just, and I, and my thing with her, it's not that she's even like, I can think like bad in the movie, but it's just like, but why? But she's like a non. Like, this is what, this is what we're here for. Exactly. And it's funny, but I was also, I'm a big Dark Shadows fan of the TV show, The Soap Opera. Mm -hmm. And it was also her big return to working with Tim Burton. And I kind of talked. Yes. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I talked about this movie in our Tim Burton episode and how disappointed I was in it. But I also want to say that like, she takes on the role of Elizabeth Collins Stoddard, who is this strong kind of put together woman this matriarch of this family mm -hmm. and they just made her such a boring cardboard cutout in that film like she basically wanders into scenes just to look angry and then wander out and it's just like yeah. don't waste michelle pfeiffer that way don't yeah, don't do that and i saw interviews with her where she was like oh yeah vampires are so sexy and i was like johnny depp though did, mm -hmm. did you see, did you see the makeup he was wearing in that movie oh <laughs> like 
when oh i mean just there's so much i hate yeah and yeah it kind of like it was so like hyped up like oh she's gonna work with tim burton again yeah and i just remember thinking girl like why did you do this like this is i mean i guess like you know i don't know how many things she was being offered so maybe this was the best offer she was given uh, but i just it's just i have no desire to watch it ever again so that's why it was my personal because even like the story of us i would hate watch it just to like rewatch. it <laughs> yeah oh i mean um, i would rather watch yeah. the story of us a thousand times more than ever have to see dark shadows again so if i may what is the family business seafood miss winters we had a large cannery in town we still own a few fishing boats lost your boat in elmo hire and david smelled at the bottom with one of them carolyn go to your room louis what is your one star review Mm. My one star review is 1999's The Deep End of the Ocean. <gasps> um, <Yeah. laughs> that movie, I. First of all, the score of that movie is Bonkerellas. That's true. It is. At the, <laughs> the first 10 minutes, it's like, oh, this is like a Disney movie. Um, and, but like, this movie is about a child that has gone missing also starring the guy, the Disney channel star of luck of the Irish. So I was very confused. (laughs) Um, But it's about a child who goes missing is kidnapped and um, literally (laughs) goes missing for like what, 10 years or what the fuck ever. It's like 10 years. Yeah. And then they find him because they randomly move to a neighborhood and he's randomly there. Um, And it's just kind of, and Whoopi's I there. Yeah, Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> well, is that's, there. I, I I did not revisit this film, but I watched it for, all the way back in our fifth episode, which is our Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg. Goldberg episode. Yeah. And I just love that they're just like, and Whoopi Goldberg's here, and she's gay. Like, <laughs> yeah. But like the thing is, she, Whoopi Goldberg has moments. She's like, listen, I'm black and a lesbian. There's nothing wrong with what you just did. I'm just an oversensitive jerk. You're too involved. You can't. Look, I'm black. I'm a woman, I'm a detective supervisor, and I'm gay. Did you know that? So I always feel like the eyes of Texas are on me. I just wanted you to know I'm a little jerkish today. So that calls for a gummy bear. Tough guys chew gummy bears. (laughs) Beth, you laughed. You only laughed. Doesn't mean our side loses points. It doesn't mean you're gonna kill your son because you laughed. You have got to survive. That's just it. I don't want to survive, Ben. And it's like, okay. Um, but I, the, the moment I knew that this movie was like, I mean, not the moment. There's lots of <laughs> moments. But like, there's a, a moment when she like just breaks down and is crying like a crazy person. And I'm like, even Michelle Pfeiffer is not sure of what's going on and how much she should be giving and it seems like they took the take where she's just like putting pedal to the metal. And it's just like we- very, very not so bonkers. This movie <laughs> wants to yeah. make me believe like losing your child so bad. And yeah, of course it is. But like, I don't know. This, this There's no, something yeah. wrong here. I also think Treat Williams is bad here. Oh, I uh, think Treat Williams is bad often. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, The Deep of the Ocean, like it wants to be the ve- a very special movie, a very moving movie. And it is Wasn't just, like an Oprah book club movie? Was yeah, that its big like, yeah. claim to fame? Yeah, it's the very first novel that was selected <laughs> by Oprah Winfrey for a book club. Wow. Um, 
Namagusta. Gavin, what about you? So mine is the aforementioned Cherie. Uh, I th- oh, there you go. It's so funny going from such a like crying, lifetimey performance in the the deep end of the ocean to something like Cherie, where she spends most of the movie like looking bored and dull. And um, Cherie is this. Uh, it's based off a novel by Colette. Uh, it was this uh, very sexually charged novel um, set during the Belle Epoque uh, time period in Paris before World War One. Um, Leia, that's Michelle Pfeiffer's character, is a is a retired courtesan, and uh, she's friends with another retired courtesan played by Kathy Bates, the Kathy aforementioned Bates. Kathy Bates. <laughs> Who has like a layabout (laughs) son. So she pawns, Kathy Bates pawns her son, Cherie, off on Michelle Pfeiffer. And they have this sort of teacher-student love affair where she like... Teacher-student fuck buddy. Yeah, she takes him in and basically (laughs) is like, you're you're my fuck son i don't know like like that's basically (laughs) yeah that's basically that's basically what it is and um eventually like the age difference gets too much and he marries and it's a loveless marriage and they spend their entire lives pining after each other and yeah it's just bad she it's hard to believe you know we mentioned that this came from stephen frears and christopher hampton who wrote and directed Dangerous Liaisons, and it's hard to believe that it comes from it because it's just so toneless. Like, I mean, it's Stephen Frears really just has no style in this film, which is crazy because he has such style in Dangerous Liaisons. I always forget he directed it. Yeah. It's like, oh, right. Yeah, because it doesn't look like anything. and <laughs> doesn't yeah. look like anybody directed it. He still makes good it. movies. He still does good things. Yeah, and Christopher Hampton's dialogue is just really on the nose and very... And and so much so that uh, the movie trusts its audience so little that there is this overbearing narrator who just never shuts yes. up. Just throughout the entire, it's like watching a nature documentary. And <laughs> and I was just like, can I, the actors just speak? Like like I can see that she's longing. I don't have to have you tell me she's longing. And the beginning like ten minutes of the movie the, adaptation. Yeah, <laughs> I just remember that the beginning of the movie is very much like there once upon a time was a world. <sighs> When hookers were really powerful, <laughs> and it's like okay, and 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 like it's like literally holding your hand to like make you believe the, that for like the sex- simplest things though, like not even yeah. not even for like hard to understand concepts. It's and it it's frustrating to watch. And I think on top <laughs> of that, I I don't think it's so funny because the poster is like. Michelle Pfeiffer topless laying on a bed smiling. I don't yeah. think she smiles yeah. once in this movie. No. She plays everything flat and bored and just over it and just uh and I don't understand what the direction was if they were like, "Well, you're you've lived a life and you're just hollow now." You're throwing Edme to Cherie like a Christian to the lions and you think she's going to have a wonderful life. <laughs> What do you mean? He's the kindest, uh, what sweetest. What do you know about him? I'm his mother. Since when? I'm sorry, Leia. I'm sorry. How very clumsy of me. I've upset you. Not in the least. Well, naturally, it's come as a shock. No, Charlotte, not at all. I've been expecting it. I've been expecting it for years. I've been expecting you to come and take him away and hand him over to some other loose woman. I think it's really funny that this, the book, Shuri, had a sequel... Uh, by Colette and the movie literally tells the entire plot of the second book 
in two sentences at the end of the movie. Boom. It's just like, and he goes to war, and he comes back, and Leia is dead, so he kills himself. And I was just like, that's the entire second book! <laughs> that's... They want to make sure they got yeah, it. Yeah, they were like, yeah. we're not getting the sequel out of this one. <laughs> so, Aww. But yeah, it's it's bad all around, and it's not even fun to look at, like I said, and, and the costuming's not that great. Um, no, it's all, but I, I wonder if Kathy Bates and Michelle Pfeiffer ever got into it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But the, yeah, that's like, funny. So speaking of, bitch, I have, uns- I have uh, unfinished <laughs> business with you. Yeah, yeah what's up, Frankie? Um, but, uh, <laughs> but they, I mean, they've been in other movies together as well, too. I just think, yeah, I think the history there is, is so funny and so strange, but I, it's the, she got so much good press for this movie. Yeah. You know, the Times of London, um, said that she was magnetic and subtle. I mean, if that's what subtlety is, I missed it. Well, no, they know what that word means. <laughs> yeah, <It's> comatose. Um, <laughs> Roger Ebert said it's fascinating to observe how Pfeiffer contorts her face and voice during times of painful hurt. I don't know. I don't know, I'll, man. I love Roger Ebert. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 not worth your time. But I mean, I guess if you wanna. I know there's better movies it's, about the belly fuck too. So like, no, it's not good. Yeah. Again, who's this for? Like, well, who's going to enjoy this? That's the other thing is the audience, like, because it's not even like the Miss Henderson presents audience. Like, no. <laughs> I can get down with that. I actually, me too. Own that movie. I like that movie. <laughs> and uh, once again, underrated Bob Hoskins. You know, I'm 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 pro Hoskins. Um, what were some other movies that we did not like? My only one that I feel like mentioning is Tequila Sunrise. Teal Sunrise, I hated from like beginning to end. Like, no, <laughs> no, I'm never gonna want to watch Scarface. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it's a bad movie. So I guess I won't say that. But like, oh, a Midsummer Night's Dream is that? <laughs> that movie's it's a so mess. funny because we've had opportunities to talk about that before because we also did a Stanley Tucci episode, and I just think oh, every nice. time we're just kind of like, Meh, moving no. on. Yeah. Um, my only yeah. other one, and I already I said my piece about it, but I can never be your woman was shockingly bad to me when I, I was just bad. like, ugh. Oh you my. said your piece and a half, Gavin. Yeah. I'll tell you what, hon. I also uh, have seen personal effects in that movie. Oh is yes, like once again, torture porn. Just liter- sad porn. Yeah, literally like an amnesia pill. Anytime anybody brings that movie up, I'm like, Wait, uh, what? I think. Well, I think it was so sad that when I first saw it, I was like. Is this good? Like, is he good in this? And then I thought about it. And I was like, no, he's not. No, no. Okay, let's get out of here. Let's get into some five star reviews. So, Zachary, once again, we're going to you. What is your five star review? I'm going to go with the fabulous Baker Boys. Uh, because very good I choice. I think that's like a perfect movie. I don't say that about many things, but it's just like. <laughs> It's such a good script. It's like good script, good acting. It's like well edited. It like zips along. It doesn't have a, a spoon fed ending, which I love. Like it lets you kind of mm-hmm. continue the narrative in your brain as you yeah. want it to continue. Um, and just I I love her, and I think it's it's like the height of her Pfeiffer powers, and she should have an Oscar for it. I think she barely lost, so you know it's it's okay. Yeah, Susie um, Diamond, what a great name! God. Yeah, oh, and also I live for the audition scene where they're auditioning all the singers. I could, even though it has nothing to do with Pfeiffer, but just like it's a great movie. Is this where the auditions are? This is where the auditions were. We're finished. What about me? You're an hour and a half late. 
Yeah, well, I had a little trouble catching a cab. Punctuality. First rule of show business. This is show business? The entire Jennifer Tilly of it all. Like, oh. I'd love that she's listed as a cameo. To me, a cameo is one scene. No, she gets no. two. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. even with Jennifer Tilly, I'm, I'm pro oh, already. So, and she's so good. She's so good at doing, like, I mean, she can do so much more, but that specific thing of coming in and being kind of the ditzy, like, Oh, oh my god. What an excellent, excellent pick. Um, Gavin, do you want to go next? Uh, I wonder what Gavin's going to Yeah, I know. Is this this shocking to anybody who's listened to the show for more than one episode? We did a Tim Burton episode. We did a Michael Keaton episode. I had every opportunity to name this my favorite film. But I didn't, because I was waiting, because I knew some hollow day we would do a a, a Michelle Pfeiffer episode. And so my five-star review is, of course, Batman Returns. There is no other. There is, uh, I mean, and I don't think I even have to really describe this to people, what this movie's about, but essentially she plays a secretary for Christopher Walken. He pushes her out of a window. A bunch of cats revive her. She goes a little nuts and decides to start dressing in skin-tight vinyl and using a whip and prancing around Gotham to get her revenge on Max Shrek. Um, That's the entire movie. Nothing else happens. But, um, (laughs) but... She's so good and so nuanced in this movie. And it's the sort of exact opposite of what I was talking about in Cherie, because I think she does have a way of showing her emotions even without doing a ton. And my my favorite scene, we talked about the scene of her <laughs> delivering that line, walking with Bruce Wayne. But my two other favorite scenes are when she's alone with Bruce Wayne in his house and they have that moment about talking about their past and getting to know each other and it ends with them making out and they touch each other's scars and freak out um it's beautifully plotted and the way that she switches from like sexy and cool and casual to really flustered when she realizes oh she's late to dress up like a cat and and kidnap the ice princess <laughs> is it's like the wide range she's like leaving wayne manor and she says to alfred she's like i have to <laughs> i have to leave if you could um if you could you just tell bruce that you know i've been having a really hard time late nope scratch that up could you just make up like a an anecdote or a limerick or something <laughs> and, and then that scene at the end of the movie which i still think is maybe one of my favorite scenes in all of cinema where they're at Max Shrek's masquerade party and she shows up and <gasps> uh, Bruce Wayne is there yes. and neither of them are wearing masks because they're so hashtag rebels. They came as themselves. Yeah, they came as themselves and they don't want to put on masks and they're dancing and he, she's like, why did you come here? And he's like, I came for you. And she, he's like, why did you come here? And she's like, I came for Max. And he's like, you and Max. And she's like, no, not me and Max. This and Max and pulls out a gun. And, and then... You know, to th- th- that moment where they just realize that they've been fighting each other as well as falling in love with each other is so beautifully paced. It's beautifully shot. And you see the pain in her eyes. And it's a ridiculous line, but she delivers it with such gravitas that she says, do we have to start fighting now? No. Don't give me a killing Max won't solve anything speech because it will. Aren't you tired of this sanctimonious Robert Baron always coming out on top when he should be six feet under? I'm sure you have a lot of problems with your boss, but I mean, who the hell do you think you are? I don't know anymore, Bruce. (laughs) A kiss under the mistletoe. 
You know, mistletoe can be deadly if you eat it. I guess it can be even deadly if you eat it. Oh my god. Does this mean we have to start fighting? And it's not an easy role. She has said, you know, that they had to powder up her entire body and then slip her inside that that skin tight rubber vacuum seal her in so she couldn't be in it for long periods of time she couldn't take it off to go pee and then they would take like ky jelly and rub it all over to give it that sheen and you know obviously vacuum sealed you can't hear you can't and she's like i can't see i can't hear i can't act this way and she just pulls everything off it's so sexy it's on the edge of perversity um but it's so deep and and so i I don't know it's it's literally maybe my five-star review out of anything we've ever done i love her so much as selena kyle i feel like a stupid homo for not saying it (laughs) i was like oh my god i'm a fucking idiot well the other thing i do want to say too (laughs) what's crazy we mentioned you know she had to go to kickboxing she did the whipping um, she she got she whipped the heads off in one take. Um, she had to take yoga to like learn to train her body. She had a very special diet. Like all the physical stuff is crazy. All the acting stuff is crazy. But I also think the legacy of her in that role, Catwoman in the comic books, was nothing like the film Catwoman before this movie came out. But she has had such a an. I mean, like even if you look at like the Frank Miller stuff, like she was essentially like an ex sex worker who was kind of just like sassy and on the street. But I think she, the she was able, along with the writing of the film, able to impart such depth to Michelle Pfeiffer that even if the the origin doesn't match and doesn't line up to where she is in the comic books now, she has had, you know, a thirty year. 35 year effect on this thing that people love and, and really changed the way that we look specifically at that character. Uh, so, uh, you know, hand, hats off to her for having such an impact as well. Um, I've probably said enough about Batman returns, <sighs> but I could, I could go on, we could do an entire episode on Batman returns and I would, she elevates it. Yeah. I think if she was not Catwoman, I, I mean, I just think it's just it would perf- be perfect casting all around. I think Danny DeVito is amazing. Casting. I, I, Michael Keaton's still the best Batman. Um, fucking, yes, agreed. Fucking, uh, <laughs> Christopher Walken delivering the my favorite one of my favorite Christopher Walken lines, which is Michael Keaton confronts him and he literally just looks at him and goes, Yawn. <laughs> so like so yeah i love the part at the end my my favorite moment of her i mean all of everything you cite is also amazing but i love when she's just like half dead and like the hair is coming yeah. out the side <laughs> like i i was like that's what i'm and, the, and there, i mean like that, even that I? there is a great exchange when she's like when she realizes bruce is batman and or, well, she already knows he's Batman, but he takes off his mask and she's like, you know, you think I could go live in your castle and have a fairy tale ending? Like, it's it's not going to be that uh, way. And, yeah. Oh. It's Life's truly a oh. bitch. No, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> Meow. Meow. <laughs> it's truly like a dream. Like, it feels very dreamlike hearing you talk about her in the movie, but because she is a fucking dream in the movie and her ferocity and excellent pick, Kevin. Oh, my God. I, I, you, you talk a lot about the movie, but I never tire hearing about it. <laughs> um, that actually means a lot to Aww. me. Thank you. Tr- truly. I mean, like, th- there's a reason why, you know, you can tell the passion because the movie deserves it and the performance deserves it. Um, my pick, um, all that being said, is 2002's White Oleander. 
Um, I think, you know, I, I saw this today, so maybe it's just fresh in my mind, but I was going through it and I was like, she's not the lead in this movie. She's very much a supporting role, but she, like I said, has that spine of steel throughout the entire thing. And you see this, like, she has a little bit of that French exit kind of like hell on wheels woman. Um, but she's also just like this tremendously affected and damaged woman who just refuses to bend. She is not going to fucking bend and it's not going to be for a man. It's not going to be for religion. It's not going to be for even her daughter, like her own child. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and she's this, this character, this woman is kind of, you know, off the deep end. And I just think, uh, you know, this movie, uh, is based on a book, um, that was a, a, a big, huge success, Oprah Book Club. Um, wow, she does a lot of Oprah Book Club movies. Huh? <laughs> right. Uh, but I, I, you know, Alison Lohman and is her, plays her daughter, and she basically, uh, after um, Michelle Pfeiffer's character kills her, like, boyfriend. It's not, even, it's not her dad. It's, like, this guy she's having this relationship with. She kills him. Um, and so Alison Lohman, her daughter, goes off to, um, you know, different living situation she she stays with renee zellweger for a little while um she's in this like uh it's not a home it's like a school home thing for like kids that aren't um are in the system essentially um she has all these different like mother type figures uh and throughout the entire process she kind of goes back to see her mom in jail um it's just like a really heartbreaking movie but I, i i truly do think like every time she goes to see michelle pfeiffer in jail she is just like a fucking iron rod yeah you know and she's like are you a fucking christian now i taught you to do this <laughs> like I, I, she's she's just like adamant she's all about art and just not depending on anyone else and preparing you, yourself for life um and i just think she it's a really fucking hard role um and i think she fucking nails it i again i i'd never seen this movie before i think it's a really fucking awful title of the movie um <laughs> but like and also, I think the like poster is weird in that weird night. Like, well, yeah, I remember. Ways. I remember when this movie was coming out, and I remember the advertisement was like about like all these women. It was like yeah. it was like Renee Zoeger and and Michelle Pfeiffer, and it's the intersection of all these and like that's Robin not Wright. yeah yeah Robin Wright Robin Wright. It's like that's not what this movie is at uh, all. Yeah, I, I was it's about sisterhood and women. <laughs> it's how to make an American the power women, but also yes. poison. Yes, it takes a village. Um, <laughs> but I was I was actually watching today her talk about choosing to do this movie. And she said, basically, for very similar reasons that you just came up with, like, she just never really played a character that staunch before that, like, in like this just a woman who fully really knows who she is. And yeah, and I think it's interesting that, like, She's certainly not a role model in the movie. No, no. But, the, but that's, but that it it took this this you know Ingrid Magnuson um, character to to give her that that gift of being able to play somebody who's so certain about what who they are and what they're doing in their lives. Yeah, I think you know it's just this is to me is like a movie that was failed by like early aughts late nineties marketing. And it's, it does capture a lot of the vibe and feeling of that time period really well. And is like a, a rare movie that um, doesn't 
like fall into the fakeness of the time. Like it's a yeah. really, it feels very authentic. And, and I think she's a big part of that. And she is just like the most ice princess of it all. Like her hair is flat as can be. She is just like daggers at all times. Um, and it, but it's nowhere near camp. It's yeah. just oh. fully mm. raw, raw, raw. Maybe thinking for yourself isn't so great. Reverend Daniel says it's evil. Evil? If thinking for yourself is evil, then every artist is evil. Is that what you believe? Now that you've been washed in the blood of the lamb? Man's ability to reason is evil. Am I evil? No. No. But killing people who don't want you is evil. We pray for your redemption every Sunday. Fuck my redemption. I don't want to be redeemed. I regret nothing. To bring it back to Barbara Streisand, apparently Barbara Streisand turned down this role. And also the chance to direct it. And once again, another movie that I... Do I want to see that? Yes. (laughs) Like, what would this movie have been with Barbara Streisand (sighs) in the... I mean, it would have been immaculately directed, but I mean, I don't... Like, and she would have been... She would have had a song at the end. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. About white oleanders. Ugh. White Oleander, the song. Can only dream. Can only uh, dream. Are there any the other line movies? readings? <laughs> <laughs> are you a fucking Christian? Though? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. What's what's this? What's, what's this? What's this? Is this a cross? Across? 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 Walk. <laughs> Once again, any vehicle for all of us to do our Barbara Streisand impersonations is fine by me. And then I, I and then I poison them. <laughs> And I killed them. <laughs> yeah. Are there any other movies we want to talk about in our five star arena? First of all, I think all three of our picks are very good picks, and it's hard to to find any flaw in any of them. But I do think if there was one more we would have to add to the five star reviews, it would probably have to be Married to the Mob. And, I was gonna say Married to the Mob. Yeah. And I don't know if she's yeah. ever done a role like that ever again. Or and, and she's even <sighs> said. She doesn't know what it was about herself that made Jonathan Demi go, yeah, you can play a Long, Long Island housewife. <laughs> like, But she's so amazing in it. So funny, so pitch perfect, so vulnerable, yet so, like, you know, ready to, to do what it takes to take down Dean Stock, fucking Dean Stockwell. You know, the so, I yeah, that movie's really pretty fantastic. Should we do our... Mixed review review? Let's do that, yes. Mine was Dark Shadows of 2012. My one-star review was The Deep End of the Ocean in 1999. And my one-star review was Cherie in 2009. My five-star review was The Fabulous Baker Boys from 1989. My five-star review was 1992's Batman Returns. And mine was 2002's White Oleander. All right, let's get into our fast-forward. So there's not a, actually a ton on Michelle Pfeiffer's docket. There was a, a rumored movie that she was doing with Annette Benning. Yeah, because she was talking about how her and Annette Benning have like kind of crossed paths in a lot of weird <laughs> ways. The Catwoman. Catwoman of it all. Of it all. Um, and so um, she was kind of excited. It's a psychological thriller called Turn of Mind. She's also currently set to play Betty Ford in the upcoming Showtime television series, The First Lady. And that is like an already stacked. It's an anthology yeah. show literally about First Ladies. Viola Davis is going to be playing Michelle Obama. Um, Gillian Anderson is Eleanor Roosevelt. Like it's it's just, uh, yeah. It's gay porn. 
<laughs> and then she she's also filming the um, third Ant Man. Yes, because uh, once because once Marvel gets their tiny little claws in you, they'll never let you go. You know, no. It's fun to see that like she's literally still doing what she's always been doing, like small movies, big movies. You know, uh, it's funny when people say like, oh, the return of Michelle Pfeiffer or whatever. It's like she kind of never went away. Truly doing this episode, you know, and I was we had a little extra time, but also we were on vacation, um, Gavin. But like I was like, wow, I don't know. Can you think of another subject we've had where the variety is just so delicious? Yeah. Um, it, and she, it's not all like she's she's good at this one thing and they also let her do some other stuff. She's good in everything. Comic book stuff. Uh, you know, period stuff. Like, it's just unreal. And the woman has no bounds. And and it's re- honestly really great that she sort of took the reins of her career when she did and was like, yes. no, like, no more. No, no more just the pretty blonde lady. Like, yes. I want to do the meat. I want to I want to play the things. I want to sometimes fire the gun. I want to have the magic wand. I want the whip. Yes. Like for as private as she is, I think she's one of the um, subjects we've done that like knows herself the best. Absolutely. Because I was thinking about the Silence of the Lambs. Like, what would that have been like? That's right. She turned her. down Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, she thought yeah. she was like it's icky. <laughs> she's done a lot of films in this last like third of her career that are about mm. aging and looks Cherie's a lot about it I can never be your mm. woman French exit like they they have a lot of like specifically they're not necessarily about vanity but they they do comment on her you know the fact that she's a aging human being and, and <laughs> yeah. I just think it's interesting because I still think she's so gorgeous and just yeah. really flawless looking and she, she rarely vegan she ha- she has she has not dipped into the like Meryl Streep grandma of it all. Like you know, she's just still playing ultra glamorous. Uh, uh, or, or did I read something? She's a character actress like wrapped in the body of like a super megastar uh, because I she agree. just literally is like you know in in Stardust she's giving you full witch eleganza uh, and she's so good and she. You know, oh, that's time. another one though. That's like she's like playing a hag, and it's yeah. about beauty. You know, right? But it's just like she's time and time again proved to us that like she literally can do anything. Yeah, um, and she's fucking. I just, I, my only I, my only wish going forward is that she would be a little more open to independent films. And I know, like, hey, she's got it. She, she has kids; they're college age, but she has kids. She's got to put food on the table and everything. But oh, also, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, exactly. Like, you can yeah, you can take break. a your, pay cut. Your husband dude. is also Dave. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, shocked that she hasn't ended up on like a Big Little Lies or something. You know. I guess I expect her that she hasn't been like, honey, we produce something yeah. for me. Like, you know, or yeah. like a femme fatale part for her. That's just like, I mean, who knows? Maybe in the know. next Ant-Man, she will be the most femme fatale of them all. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. One can only dream. Um, <laughs> so I guess that brings us to the end of Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, truly showing the gals how to be the verse queens that rests mm. in all of us. Um, Zachary, thank you so much for joining us, for bringing oh. this icon to oh, us you're to talk about. Um, I had such a blast. And, and honestly, thank God we had this extra vacation time to yeah. go through it because 
She there's so much. It was very helpful. But this is the moment in which you can plug your stuff. You have one million and one podcasts. I yes, you are you are a mogul. (laughs) Please tell us where we can find you. I'm not a mogul. I'm a mogul of fifty people listen to. (laughs) Give me a break. I mean, I'm shouting into a hole like please. But you're fantastic (laughs) at it. Um, So um, thank you. Tell tell us where we can find you online and where we can listen to your dulcet tones. You can find me at Zach Rear No H on Instagram and Twitter. And I also host, well, I host two podcasts. One is just, it's a RuPaul's Jag Race recap show. There, we, there was a void and we, we're here yeah, to fill it. There's yeah, a void. Uh, I mean, there just hasn't been a season of Drag Race on. So, like, I no. get it. Yeah. Uh, it's called Two Gays Watch Drag Race. <laughs> you know, you can find it on Instagram and Twitter at Two Gays Watch. And I also have a pop culture podcast called In Another World. We do. Uh, multiple episodes a week right now. I'm trying to figure out how to streamline all that. It's getting a little much, but <laughs> uh, we have a Monday like advice column show called Messy Mondays, and we do uh, horror recap shit on Fridays called Film Fridays, and you can find that at IAW Podcast, also on Instagram and Twitter. Oh my god, and you guys have your Messy Mondays hotline? Yeah. We do have a, yeah, so if you ever want to be featured on a podcast, if you have like a funny story or a, a secret you want to keep, we'll keep it anonymous, you tell us to keep it anonymous, <laughs> we will. Um, or a messy moment you want some advice on, you can call our hotline and it's 412-437-8558 and you'll be featured on a future episode of messy mondays and if you want to contact us online you can always find us on twitter at at the mixed reviews for us on facebook just type in the mixed reviews if you want to write us a little love note you can email us at reviewsmixed at gmail.com for us on instagram just type in the underscore mixed underscore reviews and if you want to continue to listen to us and our backlog of episodes we're at this is we're at 95 episodes it's so crazy Crazy. so we're almost at 100 you can find us on any major podcast app we're on apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify amazon audible and if you do listen to us on apple Podcasts, please stop by leave us a five-star rating and a review we'll read it on the show just like we did up front at the top of this episode yeah, and also remember, guys, we have some cute new merch over at our Redbubble store. Um, we released two special Pride moments, uh, remixing some of our favorite LGBT plus uh, movies into the mixed reviews universe. Um, thank you to everyone who uh, we got a lot of love for our yeah. uh, and, last ones. And people bought them, and I don't say that like, oh my god, people bought them because they're beautiful designs. Louis does all our designs, and he's really fantastic. But I just once again it's still one of those things that blows my mind that someone's like buying stuff with our faces on yes. it so thank you <laughs> yes i i grew up ugly and poor so yeah I, <laughs> and now i'm, I'm just Pfeiffer. ugly <laughs> and also poor often <laughs> uh but thank you guys for listening we'll see you in two weeks this time i'm not a liar he's not a liar we'll be back bye, bye. that's what you get folks for making more things